Today's episode is brought to you by Thumbs Up. Here's a cool fact. 50% of consumers rely on their social network to help them make purchasing decisions. So let me ask you, how many more referrals and great leads would your business receive if all your happy customers took the time to post their experiences and endorse your business on social media to all their connections? Well, I've got great news. Thumbs Up does just that. Thumbs Up is a referral system designed to help businesses leverage their customers' social media with almost no hassle. With Thumbs up, you can create a personalized post for your customer, allowing them in two easy clicks to celebrate their new purchase or service while endorsing your business to all their connections. Your post becomes their post and all of their friends and family can see your hard work through your customer's eyes. And even better, Thumbs Up is offering Keeping It Real listeners 50% off for your first two months. Visit getathumbsup.com forward slash keeping it real and the offer code will automatically be applied at checkout. Again, that's getathumbsup.com forward slash keeping it real. Thumbs up, referrals without asking. And now, on to our show. Largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. Today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Linsell from theclose.com. This is a partnership between Keeping It Real and theclose.com. But let me tell you about the close. Theclose.com is the kind of real estate website designed to give agents, teams, and brokerages actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. They cover real estate marketing, lead generation, technology, and team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Please visit theclose.com, that's T-H-E-C-L-O-E-S-E.com, and subscribe to their newsletter so you can get notified every time they publish an article. With us, as always, is Chris Linsell. He is a senior staff writer and real estate coach for The Close. Chris is The Close's resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead generation, transactional best practices, and everything in between. He's a licensed agent in the state of Michigan. Chris has been part of hundreds of transactions from modest rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. When he isn't writing, you'll find Chris fly fishing or performing on the stage of his community's theaters production. Uh, Chris, welcome once again to Keeping It Real. We're excited to have you. DJ, so glad to be back. It's um well, it's at the end of September when we're recording this, so maybe happy October when people are listening to this. It's fall. Either way, the fall is here, buddy. The fall is here, and I am in Chicago. You're in Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. It is here. Uh, today is the 27th of September, uh, although mm-hmm. the episode won't go live for, for people listening uh, now are probably in October, but it is still 80 degrees outside today in, in Chicago. I don't know what it's like in Michigan. Must be a nice day up there as well. Beautiful. I'm not complaining at all. Well, I am complaining a little bit because I'm sitting in my office working and not outside goofing around, but um, got a lot of important things to talk about. A lot happening in the real estate world. So I was excited to jump on and chat today. Yeah, let's talk first about mm-hmm. this viral TikTok video that's making the rounds that came up a couple uh, couple days ago. Mm-hmm. This was a... Um, uh, a, a, a realtor uh, basically posted a video um, about Zillow and some concerns about their eye buying practices. Yeah. So I, um, 
I follow uh, Zillow News very closely. And in fact, I think a lot of realtors should, in part because they are such a dominant um, force in our industry. But um, I was, even I, as somebody who follows uh, them pretty closely, was surprised and interested to see this. So if you haven't seen this, um, uh, you should uh, you should you should do a little googling and and check out Zillow's anti-competitive practices. Uh, what what people are saying about that? Here's the gist of uh, a realtor who made a, a TikTok a realtor out of Las Vegas. Here's what they suggested. They suggested that Zillow, uh, as a um, function of their iBuying uh, program, has the opportunity and uh, often. Um, the occasion to um, engage in market manipulation via the purchase and sale prices of the homes that they're buying in their iBuying program. And I know that sounds a little dense, so let me break it down a little bit. Let's say that you've got uh, an entity that has a virtually unlimited buying power, and as a part of an iBuying program, they buy 10 homes in a neighborhood. Now, if you're, you're not talking about with, possibly uh, a, a company with the amount of data that Zillow has that's right. uh, coming in and saying, hey, we we are going to come in and make offers to that's these right. sellers. That's right. Yeah. And as a part of iBuying, you often exchange, um, you, you get uh, a faster sale, you get a smoother transaction, you get less or no negotiating. Um, so it's a it's a it's often a smoother experience. But in exchange for that smoother experience, you sacrifice some of your profit. So it's not uncommon for iBuying um, purchase prices to be anywhere from five up to 15% below uh, the typical market value. Um, so that is understandable considering you're making a trade for convenience, uh, money for convenience. So let's could say- be like, a- for example, it could, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it could yeah, be sure. I buying p- people who uh, are prone to being I buyers or, or rather uh, the clients of I buyers would be maybe somebody who inherits a home from a, from mm-hmm. a, a, a relative that passes away um, or somebody that just needs to exit a home very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're being transferred or, or they're leaving the state or that the immediate area. That's right. Yep. In fact, those were the clients that were first kind of identified as the potential best fits for iBuyers. But numbers have shown that there are more and more people who are willing to trade some of their money for convenience. And yeah. this kind of makes sense when you think about this in the greater landscape of business. I mean, how many times have we paid a few extra bucks? for our food to be delivered to our doorstep rather than getting in the car and driving 10 minutes down the road to the restaurant that we got the takeout from. This is what Uber Eats and DoorDash are all based on is this idea that we're willing to trade some of our money for convenience. So if you put this in the context of iBuying, let's say uh, this company has bought in a neighborhood, they purchased 10 homes under uh, market value by 15%. And then the 11th home they purchase they purchase it 10% above market value. Now, you might be asking, why would they do that? Well, now they have the latest comp in the neighborhood is twenty, effectively 20% higher than the other homes that they own. And so now they can turn around and sell those other homes at the higher, using the latest comp as kind of the North Star for the CMAs that are done for the listing prices. 
Now, there's a lot that goes into why this isn't actually an effective um, strategy. Like there's a lot of reasons why this wouldn't work, but what it really does for me, what this conversation really does is it brings up how important the, the uh, issue of anti-competitive behavior in real estate is, how pervasive it is, how easy it could be for that to happen. And it really starts us down the trail of thinking, where else do we face this problem in our industry and what can we do about it? Yeah, it reminds me of in Chicago here, we have uh, we have we have a lot of traders. This is a big trading city. We have the board of trade here. And whenever I would meet a trader, because I never maybe I'm not smart enough to really understand how trading truly works. But I would ask, you know, I would I would meet somebody who is a trader and I would say, well, what do you do? And they'd say, well, I trade uh, interest rates. And I would say, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and they would say, all we care about is movement. As long as there's movement, we make money. And I said, well, do you care if the market goes up or if interest rates go up or down? They're like, not really. We just care about movement because the algorithms that they used to sort of predict the trades that would be most profitable to them were already sort of figured out by whoever the uh, the eggheads were behind the scenes. And so all they really had to do was get some volatility going in the market and they were able to manipulate certain sectors of, in this case, um, in the example I gave like interest rates, just to get some movement going and then they could find some margin in those in that movement and figure out which way they wanna bet. Mm-hmm. And it's just, so we're talking about a sort of a similar strategy uh, here that, you know, it, it would be whether or not Zillow will or has done this is, mm-hmm. is one question. The other the other question is, could anybody do this? And mm-hmm. the answer, of course, is yes, because mm-hmm. anyone could go into a neighborhood and, and purchase homes under market value and then take. So I guess the question becomes around comps is how do we is there a way to streamline comps uh, comps, you know, we all know is like an art and a science. Um, is there a way to more methodically define what a good comp looks like so that the manipulation isn't as easy to pull off, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, and ultimately, this is something that I talk to agents. In fact, I'm going to be doing a session um at uh, the Triple Play Conference in Atlantic City this December, uh, a, a, a speaking session about how to uh, produce a bulletproof comparative market analysis. And one of the things that I talk to folks about uh, in sessions like that is when you're pulling comps, you have to recognize that there is no silver bullet. There is no yeah. specific apply to all formula that is gonna yield you an effective comparison. Just like real estate, comps are local. Comps are specific to the circumstance. And so in the same way that you can't peg uh, a comp in Lincoln Park to the Gold Coast in Chicago, you can't, um, you know, you may have some similarities there, but it's really gonna be neighborhood to neighborhood, even building to building sometimes. So that's the first golden rule here is to, not get too tied to a particular comp before investigating how applicable it is to your actual scenario. Um, The other thing that I think is important to remember when you are thinking about comps in the context of this conversation about potentially anti-competitive behavior is we engage in market manipulation subtly all the time. I mean, if you don't think that you as a realtor engage in this, 
tell me that you've never had a conversation with a client that said, well, if we list in June, we'll probably get a higher price than if we list in, uh, in February. That's yeah, market it's, manipulation. It's, it's the last week of, uh, you know, it's, it's the second week in December. Let's not list right now because everyone is not paying attention to the market. We're all doing our December holiday stuff. That's 100% right. Guess what? If you listed that property in the second week of December, that would change the inventory levels. Those inventory levels would balance against the, um, the uh, demand at that current time. It would affect prices. You are making subtle market manipulation decisions based on that. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like this is part of fundamental strategy for offering our clients the best experience possible. But we have to decide whether or not there's a line to be drawn and if there is, who gets to draw it and where is it? Yeah, that's really the question because technology is going to perfect this sort of system because okay. it's just math, really. Yep. So ultimately, you know, the 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 systems will be figured out. Technology is advanced beyond uh, beyond regulation at this point in, in a lot of different industries, not not only real estate, but now real estate starting to get a sense of. Oh wow! So what market manipulation in in the equities market in the stock market uh, ha has been more present for for quite some time, and and I think uh, there's there's whole regulatory boards uh, making sure that there aren't people out there that are obviously manipulating the market in a way that they they deem as illegal or or unethical. Um, mm -hmm. But there are guidelines for for securities. We, you know, there are there are things that you can and can't do if your wife is a C-suite executive for mm -hmm. a massive uh, public company, mm -hmm. and she goes, "Hey, our earnings report, which is going to come out next Thursday, uh, is is going to be very bad. Um, let's dump all of our shares." Right. Uh, then that is that is most likely going to be an illegal activity because you have mm -hmm. inside information. You're 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 manipulating the market for your own benefit. Mm -hmm. um, so I I guess it'll be very interesting to see how how the National Association of Realtors and how the government uh, attempts to sort of regulate this because they're going to have to. I think. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I, I think you, since you mentioned them, I, I was I was hesitant to pull this card out of the deck just yet. But since you mentioned their name, I'm just going to throw this out here. The National Association of Realtors has not been immune to conversations regarding anti-competitive behavior. It's in a different context, but there are a lot of people who have a bit of a bee in their bonnet, so to speak, about the fact that it is really difficult to be a full-time functional real estate professional in this country without belonging to, and I'm just going to call it what it is, a professional organization that is on its face voluntary. But I can tell you from personal experience, I can't belong to my local organization without belonging to the National Association of Realtors. And so is this, this anti-competitive? Would there be rises of other professional organizations for our, uh, our industry if um, NAR wasn't positioned the way they are? I don't know exactly. I've honestly never known a world without the position of NAR in the way that it is right now. But the idea of anti-competitive behavior in real estate, this is not new. And these conversations are going to continue to come up. My, my One of my favorite questions when I talk to a newly licensed 
um, broker or somebody who just passes their exam and they are deciding what firm they want to work at. And so they might be talking to me about our firm. And after discussing all of the things we offer, I'll say, oh, by the way, um, part of the, the sort of way that it works here is you have to join a local association. In this case, uh, there's, well, there's lots, uh, several of them here in the Chicagoland area. You have to join one of them. We belong to all of them. So you get to choose which one, but you have to join one. And mm -hmm. that will pay for your MLS access as well as your local state and national dues. And then oftentimes they'll say, well, what if I don't want to do that? And I say, well, unfortunately, the way that it's set up is that you have to, not because we expect you to or we require it, but that the local association requires it. And they would say, well, that seems a bit unfair. Um, and, and I don't always have, a, I, in fact, I never have an answer to whether that's fair or unfair. It just mm -hmm. sort of simply is what it is, although mm -hmm. that's, that's not a good question of why is it that way? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it begs the question of, of um, yeah, uh, it'd be very interesting to see how National Association of Realtors talks about things like this when they themselves, of course, have, you know, some some consideration with, mm -hmm. with their own practices, which is in, in no way, of course, meant to disparage uh, the National Association mm -hmm. of Realtors. But, but this is just a complicated problem that any massive industry has to face mm -hmm. and create some rules around. I 100% agree. And I, I actually, I, I want to go on record as saying, um, I agree with you. Nar, if you're listening, this is not an indictment of you and your, your practices on this. In fact, I have appreciated your leadership on this particular issue. Yeah. I do think um, that being said, with that, um, with, with that caveat in mind, I do think that this is a position, an opportunity for positional leadership too. Yeah. Because in the same way that it is so important that you, you know, you, you mentioned the, the financial regulations of, you know, let's say my wife is a um, C-suite executive at a Fortune 500 company, and, and I have, via her insider information about the stock performance um, or, or forecasted performance, in the same way that that is a clearly important place to have regulation, the idea that in industry in which the, the vast majority of Americans, the, the fundamental component of their wealth is at stake here. I mean, more Americans, their, their wealth is, is tied to their, the equity in their home than anything else. I mean, by a long shot, you would think that with something that is as important as that, that we would have thoughtful, assertive, and vocal leadership um, on issues like this so that there is no confusion about where the organization that is designed to protect our professional interests in the same way that we're designed to protect the fiduciary interests of our clients, NAR needs to have a leadership stake in this conversation and not just be an observer because frankly, this is just too important otherwise. I want to pause for a moment to talk about our episode sponsor, our one of my favorite companies out there, Follow Up Boss. Now, after interviewing hundreds of top realtors in the country for this podcast, do you know which CRM is used by more than any other by our guests? Of course, it is Follow Up Boss. And let's face it, following up is the key to taking your business to the next level. Follow Up Boss will help you drive more leads in less time and with less effort. Do not take my word for it. Robert Slack, who runs the number one team in the U.S., 
uses Follow-Up Boss, and he has built a $1.5 billion business in just six years. Follow-Up Boss integrates with over 250 systems, so you can keep your current tools and lead sources. Also, the best part, they have seven-day-a-week support, so you'll get the help that you need when you need it. And get this, Follow-Up Boss is so sure that you're going to love their CRM that for a limited time, they're offering Keeping It Real listeners a 30-day free trial, which is twice as much time as they give everyone else. And oh yeah, no credit card required. So you can try it risk-free, but only if you use this special link. Visit followupboss.com forward slash real. That's followupboss.com forward slash real for your free 30-day trial. Follow up like a boss with Follow Up Boss. And now back to our episode. It'd be very interesting to see um, how they continue to respond and and uh, it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I think there's good people, um, that seem to be tackling these types of issues yeah. as best as I can tell, uh, yeah. at, at, at those levels. So I'm excited to, to see. And I, I think, um, I, I just believe that, that there's, there's a lot of good that can happen with understanding that transparency is really critical and, and understanding that now that we have technology in place, to, to an industry that that's, you know, really uh, not as technologically advanced. I mean, realtors are still in person most of the time. They're doing face-to-face kind of an old sales uh, sort of strategy and approach. And, and, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That that's, tends to be how things are done. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, now we have technology that, that can manipulate data uh, and, and, and not manipulate it in an evil way, but just find opportunity there that maybe a human brain couldn't, couldn't quite do as, as quickly. So there has to be some sort of, some sort of rules in place about fair play. And I, I don't know what that looks like. And I, I, uh, I'm not a poli sci major, so I'm not smart enough to to understand what the role of government is and where yeah. where they should step in uh-huh. and where where they would be overreaching. Well, you know, the interesting thing about this is uh, in in the same for for the same reasons that I am grateful for uh, for what I'm about to say a, a kind of um, federalist uh, um, business style where we you know there's so much. Um, value and emphasis put on a state's right to uh, kind of create their own rules and regulations. Um, I think that that's a really valuable thing, especially in real estate, because just like I was talking about before, like this is a this is a local business. You know, real estate is it occurs on the streets in the neighborhoods. It doesn't occur on the state or national level, and yeah. so local places have to be able to make their own rules about their own markets. Um, that being said. Uh, that does open us up to some significant um, challenges when it comes to creating regulation about these broad spectrum issues. And a great example of this, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll share um, a specific example. In my local market, there are rules that are written into my local association's uh, bylaws about not creating um, exclusive groups within the uh, board of realtors um, for access to information. This basically, just like any MLS, if you are a member of the MLS, you get access to all the information on the MLS. There isn't a section of the MLS that you have to pay an extra set of fees to get into. If I see a listing 
everybody sees a listing. If I see a comp, everybody sees a comp. Well, what happens when you form these private Facebook groups with 20 realtors who um, you share uh, listings with before they go live? And all of a sudden, um, you're not breaking any NAR rules. You're may maybe, it's hard to say exactly, you're not maybe breaking any state rules, but maybe you're breaking a local rule, but are you? Because the rules were written before Facebook was a thing. All of a sudden you have this antitrust situation where you've got 20 people who have access to information that the rest of us don't. And now we have, again, an example of anti-competitive um, problems in the real estate industry. So, you know, it, it doesn't happen just on these major uh, international kind of billion dollar company uh, business levels. It happens on the street level. It's really easy for us to forget that equal and open access to all of the information, whether it's market information or customer information or whatever it is, this is a bedrock for which we build our, our business models on. And you know anything that jeopardizes that sort of uh, access to information is anti-competitive and may require regulation. Same, same sort of idea for a brokerage who maybe uh, has a dominant market share in a particular area where they have maybe the most number of realtors. Let's just make it really simple. So let's say there's, in most areas, there's probably one uh, firm that has more uh, market share, more agents, more, more transactions. They are going to have more information about upcoming stuff. And mm -hmm. is it okay for a realtor at that particular firm to share with all the realtors within that firm, hey mm -hmm. guys, just so you know, I've got a listing coming up uh, on X date. Um, if you're interested ahead of time, tell your clients. And, you know, th is that, yeah, that's a great question is, is how do we, how do, how does that get regulated or enforced it, you know, social media groups where like share groups um, on Facebook or, or, or other uh, different social avenues where you could share this kind of information, you know, you, you could put a pretty strong, e easy sort of rule in place saying, hey, we just don't do that. But what about, you know, hanging out at the water cooler uh, at, at this big office that has access to all of this stuff and no one else uh, outside of that, those walls might might hear it. It's very interesting. It's very yeah. curious to see um, if if the, you know, who, who would regulate something like that, how it would be regulated. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, it's, it's very interesting, really <laughs> opens up a lot of conversation. It is a real brain bender. And, you know, I, I uh, regularly um, get into these rabbit hole conversations with people about this sort of thing. But, you know, one truth that I come back to on a regular basis is um, we can we can pretty much answer the first level of any question around these sorts of conversations with answering, is this good for my clients? Is yeah. this the best? Is am I am I fulfilling my first responsibility as a realtor and protect, protecting the fiduciary, um, you know, well-being of my clients? If the answer is yes, if the answer is yes, I'm doing that and I am doing it so legally, morally, and ethically, then um, then that's that's really the first test that needs to get passed. If you're you answer that question, you're like. I think I am, then there is 
I, th I think that, that that kind of opens up the next level of, well, if you're not sure that this is in the best interest of your clients, then it's in the best interest of somebody else. And that's when we need to start being worried about this. And I think there's a lot of people coming back to the original conversation. There's a lot of people who look at the Zillow scenario and they say, this is a systemic, if this were true, if Zillow was manipulating the market on a larger scale basis, um, and doing it across many, many transactions and in potentially many markets, that clearly is not for the best interest of the clients at, at hand. It's not for the best interest of the sellers. It's not for the best interest of the buyers. Um, it's clearly for their own best interests. And businesses have the ability or the right to, to um, create business models that you know, can generate profit for them, but not at the expense of their clients here. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, and we will continue to talk about this as more, uh, more conversations happen in sort of the public sphere uh, from leadership, because this will be very interesting to continue to monitor. Mm -hmm. um, I would like, uh, I know that you are working on a, I, I suspect an article, although I don't know if it's something for the close, but I know you were, you were talking to me beforehand about some uh, to leave our audience with some some actionable sort of information that you can use uh, mm -hmm. in a little bit of a different way, but 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 somewhat related to what we were talking about, which is uh, some legal questions that you get asked by clients yeah. and that you should have a, a ready to go answer for. Absolutely, yeah. This this to me is one of what what we're talking about here is one of those <laughs> sticky legal questions that every realtor should should know the answers to, right? So. Um, you're going to get asked questions either by uh, your clients or by other people who look to you as a thought leader in the industry. And this is one of those things that maybe you should have an answer to. There are a handful of other questions that I think every realtor should have an answer to when they get asked, because you're going to get asked about this. So um, we're not going to go through all of these really quickly, but I just want to plant a couple of seeds in, in your head. If you're listening, here are some questions you should know some answers to, and I'm going to point you um, towards the right direction as far as starting to investigate these. The first question is, can I get a referral fee if I'm not a licensed real estate agent or broker? How often do we have clients who are like, oh, I'll send you my brother. He wants to buy. Can I get a little piece of that? You know, like <laughs> maybe it doesn't, it's not phrased in exactly like that, that, that way, but we have these kind of questions and real estate agents, again, to the, to their credit, we're always looking for new um, lead generation um, uh, strategies and utilizing our sphere is one of those strategies. So ask yourself, can I get a referral? Can I pay a referral fee to somebody if they don't have a license? The short answer to this is no, but it's complicated. So go on to the close. We have an article all about referral fees. You can um, figure out specifically what the uh, legal ins and outs are for your state. So that's the first question, referral fees. The second question is, am I um, adhering to fair housing practices? This is a big question and there's a lot to this, but I'm just gonna start you with one question is, is my print marketing adhering to fair housing? Okay, just your print marketing, just the things that people will see on a piece of paper. This is hard and fast. There are rules. NAR has had rules about this. Fair housing has rules about this going back 50 years, okay? So this is the question you should ask yourself. Am I adhering? Just right there. Um, and then the last one, we'll just leave you with, with one other. The last one is, 
am I negotiating legally? And here's what I here's here's a here's a question to kind of spur this conversation. Did you know that there are certain things that you can't legally negotiate um, using, like like certain terms or certain um, uh, elements of a contract that you can't negotiate for? Like you can't uh, necessarily negotiate. Um, a real estate transaction based on uh, like uh, ease of transaction as a product of familial status. Oh, this is my guy's, my guy's single. This will be an easy transaction. He doesn't have to, you know, he won't have to set up a whole bunch of moving. No, just, just him. Guess what? That's actually, that's, that's fair housing right there. If you bring fair housing, if you bring um, somebody's familial status into negotiations, you are violating fair housing statute. And that's a great example because it is such an easy accidental thing to say totally. because there's a, there's a bit of logic to it uh -huh. and it's not necessarily, you're not doing it with a nefarious sort of reason behind it. You're totally. just saying, hey, by the way, my guy here is single, this should go really smooth. Mm -hmm. um, which would be a very easy off the cuff comment to make without realizing that you've just violated fair housing. Totally, totally. So, so here's, here's, this is what I want to challenge folks on is um, take a look at your print marketing. Are you adhering to fair housing uh, rules and regs? If you're, if you have questions about this, go to the NAR code of ethics. It's available for free on their website. They have a whole section about print marketing and fair housing. Just do a quick uh, double check, see how you're doing on that. Um, think about your referrals. Are you paying referrals legally? Are, is everything getting paid through your brokerage? Are, is your lead generation strategies, are they all on the up and up? You know, is there anything that you're like, well, that's maybe uh, a, little, a little shady. Maybe I shouldn't be throwing um, money or gift certificates or, uh, you know, visits to restaurants. All that stuff is kind of part of the course of, of business for a lot of agents. And it's not all on the up and up. So double check yourself on that. And then the last thing is uh, negotiation. Are you negotiating uh, legally and ethically? And a great way to double check on this is make yourself a negotiation playbook. Even if you're the only person that ever sees it, take, take 10 minutes and write down the different ways that you negotiate on behalf of your clients. Um, just seeing them on a piece of paper puts in pretty stark contrast how you're going about this, where you're finding success, it's always great to double check your own strategies to make sure that you're coloring within the lines. Great suggestions and advice. And if you want to uh, review that entire piece, uh, you would you can go check that out at theclose.com. I'm not sure if it's up yet or if you're working still working on it. Yeah, we're still working on that one. So um, we don't have the specific things about legal questions uh, up there just yet, but we have articles about referrals uh, and the legality of referrals. We've got articles about negotiation. In fact, we've got a great uh, section, a great uh, course um, on the Close Pro about negotiation, uh, negotiation tactics and, and, and how to stay um, on the up and up and, and still providing the best service possible. Um, and I love talking about fair housing, especially in marketing. Um, so on just about every marketing specific article I've got on a close, there's going to be some sort of element of, of uh, fair housing to that too.
Well, in the close, we should remind everyone, if you're not already a, uh, a regular reader of the close, most of their in uh, their articles, almost all of their articles are entirely free of charge. They do have a premium subscription model as well. Do you mind sharing? It's called the Close Pro. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about what the Close Pro is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Close Pro, like you said, it is our premium subscription service. Um, you can get just about anything you want on the Close. But if you want to upgrade your Close experience, you can go to the Close Pro. It's 35 bucks a month um, if you want to sign up for the monthly uh, or, uh, you know, $25 a month uh, or the equivalent of $25 a month if you want to um, sign up for the annual pass. Um, when you go to the Close Pro, you get access to our um, uh, courses library. We just had a fantastic course um, uh, called the Facebook and Instagram Crass Course for Agents. Um, just just ran this course uh, live uh, last week. It's in replay uh, now, and we've gotten some really great uh, response to it. Um, if you want to figure out what Facebook and Instagram is for your real estate business, this is just an absolute banger way to do it. We've got boot camps all about uh, marketing and lead generation and business development and team building. And I mean, honestly, the list goes on and on. Plus uh, a crazy huge library full of um, uh, strategy guides and uh, templates and training modules and video content. Uh, it, it really just is a, a premium opportunity to upgrade your business. You can get so much on the close. You can get even more on the close pro. Uh, like I said, it's 25 bucks a month if you want to go for the annual membership or 35 if you just want to try it out for a month. Uh, come on over. We would love to see you. And uh, you really would see us because I interact with uh, live with Close Pro members every week. Um, we do Q&As. We do uh, master classes. We do boot camps. So um, if you want to get more Chris, you know where to find him. <laughs> Check out the Close Pro by visiting theclose.com. Also, if you want to get more of Chris, you can, uh, Chris, where are you going to be speaking? You have uh, a bunch of speaking engagements coming up. Yeah, so you can check me out. I'm going to be uh, on uh, the stage at uh, the National Association of Realtors Conference uh, in San Diego this November. Um, if you're an East Coast realtor, uh, part of uh, Pennsylvania, New York, or New Jersey, I'm going to be on the stage at Triple Play uh, this year. Um, and then I'm headed out to Las Vegas uh, at the end of October um, as a, an attendee and someone who's going to be covering the Inman Connect conference um, and going to be meeting up with a whole bunch of readers and listeners um, and industry leaders there to uh, take in the presentations, to chat about real estate. So if you are headed to Inman Connect, I'm not trying to take the wind out of the Inman sales by any means, but the close is going to be there. So come find me. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, send me a message. I'd love to meet up and, and uh, meet, meet folks and, and chat about real estate and your business and, and hear how things are going because this has really been an unprecedented year and uh, would love to connect with folks and, and hear, from, hear from them firsthand about uh, their experiences and, and, and what's happening in their world. Amazing. Well, Chris, thank you once again for coming on uh, every month. Chris has been one of our most loyal guest uh, guest hosts uh, for years now, and he always provides incredible value. We're so thrilled that he is here representing the close. Uh, for everyone, before you sign off, please ask uh, ask yourself. Do I know another realtor who could benefit from this information? The answer is yes, of course you do. Send them a link to this show if they're not familiar with it. Easiest way to do that, just introduce them to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. 
Uh, or if they are already a podcast listener for other shows, they can just pull up whatever podcast app they use, search for Keeping It Real and hit that subscribe button. And also please visit theclose.com. It's the very best website we've ever found for real estate agents to learn about how to grow their business and get actionable strategic insight uh, about their day-to-day uh, -day lives. And, and from a marketing perspective, I mean, all of their articles are, are really well-researched. They're, they're, they're long-form articles. They're not you know, top five ways to, uh, you know, improve your, your showing this weekend, which is the five things you already know. These, these are going to be in-depth articles. They're well-researched and written by, by journalists who, who know what they're doing. And I promise you it'll help grow your business or, or at the very least it'll grow your knowledge center, uh, so that you can be more uh, effective with your clients. So visit the Uh, Chris, thanks for being on the show yet again. Uh, we want to thank all of our listeners and viewers on behalf of Chris and myself and on behalf of the listeners and viewers, I want to thank Chris for coming on. He's a busy guy and he shows up here and please go visit him. If you're, uh, if you're attending any of those conferences, go check him out. He's a wonderful, great human being that we love to have on the show. And he, he would love to say hi to you in person. So Chris, thanks. And we'll see you next month. Looking forward to it, DJ.